Extra Daily Planet Extra. I believe that an enemy is coming from far away. I'm looking for warriors. This stranger. Others like him. I'm building an alliance to defend us. It's very important that I see this man. The man of green. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah, I... I need friends. Arthur Curry. I hear you can talk to fish. You're a man. Yeah. I mean... No, no, look like that. Have you never met a man before? I mean, what about your father? I had no father. I was brought to life by Zeus. Well, that's neat. I can't let you do this. What I do is not up to you. They're gonna blame us for the whole thing. We're the patsies. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. We've all heard the stories of Samson leveling a temple with a single push. Or the Philistine weapon of mass destruction named Goliath. The next war will be fought with these metahumans. Please don't forget. Ours or theirs. This is the deal. You're going somewhere very bad. Look at the pretty lights. To do something that'll get you killed. You might want to work on your team motivation thing. You heard of Phil Jackson? Yeah. He's like the gold standard. There's only one thing I know about life. Ah! I know some things happen by chance. And some things happen because we make them happen. This isn't your home, Barry. It's a mirage. It's already screwing with you and everyone you love, and pretty soon it's going to take me right down along with you. What should we call this brave new world that you've whipped up for us? I was thinking Flashpoint. Now who's the villain, Flash? Now who's the villain? I know you wouldn't approve of what I did. I mean, I know that it's not what you would have wanted. You were always better than me, Laurel. Need you to promise me something. Anything. Your instinct has always been to go alone. Ollie, you can't. You have been waiting for things to go back to the way things were. They're not. Felicity thinks that it's time we put together a new team. First part of initiation. Only person you can trust yourself, Oliver. You told me the dead don't want anything. Either I'm willing to do whatever is necessary, or I shouldn't be up there at all. Which is exactly why I can't be. Now that the Time Masters are gone, history has been left unguarded. Everything that has happened or will happen is subject to the exploitation of time criminals. Which is why history needs new protectors. 
It needs legends. I need to talk to you about the legends. I think they're all in trouble. Somebody just blew up New York. During World War II, I think we can all guess who that someone is. Nazis. I hate Nazis. It's not like the Time Masters are here to stop her. We are history's last line of defense. Relax, Captain. We got this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five of Man of Screen Extra. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and... There is no need to check your web feed because, yes, you are getting Man of Screen Extra for the second week in a row. I know this is hard on you, dear listener, but just think of how hard this was for me. Actually, this was pretty easy for me because after I did the Batman v Superman Ultimate Cut stuff, Comic-Con dropped a whole bunch of trailers on us, and at first I was going to stick it on the end of the BVS Ultimate Cut, but I really couldn't do it justice unless I made it its own show. So, you're going to get your second episode of Man of Screen Extra in as many weeks. I hope you can deal with that unfortunate set of circumstances. Well, anyway, what I'm going to do on this episode is I am going to discuss the DC-related announcements that were made at Comic-Con, the DC TV and movie stuff specifically. In a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by Scott McGregor of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, and we're going to talk about the three movie trailers that we saw over the weekend of San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to talk a little bit about Justice League, Wonder Woman, and Suicide Squad, which is in theaters today. And then after that, we're going to discuss the TV-related stuff that dropped at Comic-Con, mostly the CW-related shows. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. So, I am going to take a quick break. I'm going to play a promo, and then Scott McGregor will be here, and we're going to discuss the DC movie trailers that were released at Comic-Con. Hang around, folks. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You're Starfleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will surely become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. We start with one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on Well, welcome back, folks. Uh, I have with me a man whose podcast I have crashed on occasion. He has facilitated three of my own, my appearances on the Two True Freaks Network. He is the host of Weekly Heroics and yep. a couple no of other shows that, that are not coming to mind right now. No I Councils have. for Old Men was like my original first show on the network. So. Weekly Heroics is not out yet. Exactly, we're doing a preacher thing every week, but we do have a weekly show that will be out soon, hopefully, as soon as I stop being lazy and get it done. <laughs> right. Well, I have not listened to that yet because I haven't been watching Preacher. Anyway, we have Scott McGregor. Thank you. Good to have you. Good to be here. Man. Good to have you. I figure I've, I've 
crashed your shows a couple times. It'd be nice to return the favor. Well, you know, I, I, it's not a crashing if you're an invited guest, in my opinion. I'm the one that crashed. I'm the one that was, you know, badgering you to get me on your show. So I'm, I'm really the crasher. <laughs> That's true. You mentioned it once to Professor Allen. I'm, I'm annoying that way. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm, I'm <laughs> shameless. I think you mentioned it when we recorded the Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, you're the only one I had any coin with. I let you on like the first Two True Freaks podcast you were on, so right. I, I knew I owned a piece of your soul there. So exactly. I knew I, I knew I could guilt you into it for at least one appearance. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess the first overall, what did you think of what we saw from Comic Con over the weekend? Oh uh, well, I wish I was at I, I wish I was at Comic Con to see it, but actually I was kind of enjoying sitting here in my air conditioned room and not being in crowds of millions of people and waiting in line and I got to see all the same trailers anyway so haha <laughs> but overall man I mean yeah I was the I was the two true freaks fool posting most of them online yesterday as soon as they were coming out and uh, well obviously the big one was Justice League one which I don't think anyone was really expecting they didn't really hype that it was coming out I had you know some inkling that there'd be something there for Justice League yeah but I didn't think there'd be as much as there was. Yeah. I mean, they released, what, a, a three-minute trailer? Yeah, it was nice. So, and, go ahead. As someone who had uh, his qualms with BVS, what did you think of what we saw from the Justice League trailer? I'm hopeful and cautious, because it definitely looks like, I hate to do the comparison, but it's got a more of an Avengers feel to it right? than BVS did, obviously, and it's got color and laughter, and... You know, my only concern, I mean, I, I really thought it was a great trailer, and, and it got me excited to see the movie, which BBS did not do. I mean, I don't know if any of your listeners heard our roundtable, but I was not a fan at all of that movie. I mean, I was a fan of the concept of those characters all coming together, and I enjoyed the little pieces of it that I could, but overall, I really disliked it. And I kind of disliked the direction that it seems to have been going in with Zack Snyder at the helm and other decisions they've made. But this, man, I, I yeah, I, I'm a fan. I was kind of raving about it. I've watched it multiple times since then, and it looks pretty good. It looked, yeah, it got me jazzed, and I, I think it'll it'll get me in, in the theater seats um, to watch it, as long as uh, the buzz seems to stay positive. My only fear was that this was a little lighter, which is good, but it was all Batman being the lighter and that could they could overdo that, don't you think? I mean, I just worry that Batman shouldn't become like the wisecracker. You know, it should be probably the Flash, and I'm sure he's going to pick up the mantle. Right. And it's still some heavy, you know, the world's going to end if we don't get these people together themes. So I think, I just hope they have a nice balance of it and that it's not like shoehorned in because everyone is complaining that BVS didn't have enough light moments. If they're going to do it, and it feels naturally, I think it's going to be great. And if they do it and it doesn't feel naturally, I think it could be a disaster. So right, could go either way, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think some good action. And I kind of like Batman, the, the search for the heroes. Aquaman looks pretty cool. I, I could have done without the, I was a little, was a little cringeworthy, the joke at the end. It's like, I hear you talk to the fish. But it was talking firmly in cheek, I guess. Right. They're going to play that up, you know, that they're going to overcompensate and play up. Aquaman's, you know, perceived role as kind right. of the lamest hero, and they're going to make him a true badass, which I think is great. So, you know, the one risk you seem to take when you put the jokes in the trailers is you don't know the context. Yeah, and yeah. and I like what you mentioned about how you know you worry about moving Batman toward the light a little bit. 
in B- in BVS. He started BVS in a very dark place. Yeah. And he ended it in kind of a little bit of a lighter place. So I'd like to see that continue, but not to the obviously not to the extent where we're running around with a bomb on top of our head. Yeah, yeah. Let's not please to... please not go there yet. Yeah. Um. <laughs> right, but let's <laughs> get know, a couple more under our belt before we hand it over to Joel Schumacher or something. Right. Yeah. But I don't think you can put him in a team setting and and leave him dark brooding and aloof. You know? No, but. Uh, but he has to, he has to be the serious one. Yeah, and I think he can have humor, but it's got to be a little dry, and it's got to be subtle, right? And it's got to be like him kind of insulting someone who doesn't realize they're being insulted, right? You know, or it's got to be him knocking out Guy Gardner with one punch or something like that. <laughs> well, we're, we're not going to see Guy Gardner, so we're not going to get that. No, no, unfortunately, <laughs> a bit too early for for that much humor. Anyway. Right. I think a lot of his humor can be in how he reacts to everybody else. Younger characters like the Flash and the Cyborg are going and not the Cyborg, Cyborg, are going to, you know, kind of bring some of that out of, out from him. I don't think he's going to be a light character per se, but whatever humor he's going to have, I think at least from what I've seen, looks like it's going to be a, a reaction to to them. You know? yeah. I don't necessarily want to see, you know, kind of Batman as the, you know, the den leader trying to control everybody. Trying to no, keep everybody. but but keep, definitely have him keep everybody on. Well, I, think, I think he's going to be the cynical leader. I think that's how you should write him. You know, he's he's going to be like he's kind of awestruck though with, with some of these people too, which is kind of a cool angle on him as well because we expect Batman to be super prepared. But in this universe, he's actually kind of the the babe in the woods and it's like, holy crap, there's a lot of super powered people around me, and I better you know get on the learning curve quick here and figure out what I got to do about it. Right. Um, yeah. I like that, you know. After a while, the the perfect, I prepared for everything. Batman has nowhere to go. Yeah, you know, I, I want to see him feel his way in this. Well, I had always said, world. I had always said, this is how I wanted Batman versus Superman to play out. If we needed to have that movie, which I still am not convinced we needed that movie. In that, I was kind of hoping it would be Batman. Maybe there would be some initial conflict between the two, like there was in some of, like, particularly Man of Steel comics and John Byrne. And then, like, Batman basically, I think if they could have gone the angle that Batman is the one that kind of showed Superman why he shouldn't kill people, right. would have been a really good, solid story to go. And then have Batman keep his I don't kill kind of rules and, and, and impart that to Superman and be like, look, if we just start slaughtering people, people are going to get really nervous around us. <laughs> right. You know, and they didn't really address that at all. They did, but I mean, there was no good resolution, you know, at the end of B versus S, you know, the day was saved again, but there was still this, the city in rubble and, you know, no one was really, and, and Lex Luthor was almost kind of proven right. And it's just, you don't get me started. They've listened, obviously, and, and yes. they're, they're going to correct a lot of things that went wrong and it just comes down to whether or not they do it subtly and organically or they, they kind of hit us over the head with it and it's clunky. So, Well, I think what Justice League is going to have, it's going to have a buffer because there's going to be two movies between BVS and that. One thing I'm curious about, especially your, your opinion on, because you've been, you know, I know you're a staunch supporter of and wish they had gone with Grant Gustin in the movie. Yeah, but... Flash. But uh, what do you think of Ezra Miller, what you saw of Ezra Miller? It's very little of what we're going to see of him, but I, I, he sold me. I, he makes a good Barry Allen, I think. And maybe a little too autistic and quirky and awkward, but no, I, 
see, I guess my my benchmark for for Barry Allen is is probably the Justice League Unlimited TV show. Right. You know, I wasn't a huge Flash comics guy, but I, I loved those series. And I think he fits like that that mold pretty well. It looks like, and and there were some like Gustin moments in his characterization. So I'm I'm not. It's got to happen. I'm not going to cry over it that it's not him, because uh, the kid's actually you know obviously a very good actor. So uh, as long as they write him good stuff to use, I think he'll probably be great at it. I, I have no problem with any of the casting. I mean, you know, it's been the, the biggest problem I've had with ca- any of this casting so far. You know, other than the Grant Gustin thing, but that was just. They had to go bigger than that for a right. big movie, you know. That was and not only that, but you can't, you can't have a Flash Grant Gustin in these movies without sabotaging the Flash show. No, no, because they're both filming at the same time. And the, the Flash show is set up so that it's just like it alleviates my my rage because it's now just all my head cannon that there's so much multiverse stuff going right. on in the Flash show that in my mind. You know, the cinematic universe is just part of the TV Flash multiverse at this point. Right, and that's kind of the way I look at it. (laughs) Yeah. This universe over here, and the other one over there, and they're all doing their... Yeah. They can all do their own thing. Yeah, so in my mind, uh, B versus S and all that is actually an offshoot of the Flash TV show. (laughs) That works. Yeah. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. Earth, uh... Earth movies. Four or five, sure. So, yeah. I liked what I saw. Uh, cool with him. That was a cool scene. I like that they uh, made him look more like a traditional Flash than what we saw in that little security footage in BVS. I wasn't yeah. really feeling the little uh, scruffy goatee and the long hair look. Yeah, no, no. I, I definitely, yeah, I'm glad they kind of clean cut him up a little bit for that. And I'm hoping, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to, if he's not already working for the police department, that they're going to keep kind of that, that Barry Allen is a scientist and all that good stuff, so... You're yeah. ashamed to throw that out. I wonder if they're going to use that here or or just mention it here or save it for for the Flash movie. Oh, see, there would be a missed opportunity. You could see them, you know, like the Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, you know, the science bros. Yeah. I think that would be a great thing to do with Bruce and him, you know, super, you know, science detectives going at it. So, you know, some of the, someone's going to have to figure out all this crap that's coming after him. So. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of crap coming after him. <laughs> yeah. We got our first looks at Cyborg, which is a character I'm kind of... I have mixed feelings on the inclusion of Cyborg in the Justice League. You know, and obviously this is a Jeff Johns New 52 roster. Yeah. But I have no problems with the character in and of himself. But having grown up with comics in the 90s, I would much rather have seen the Martian Manhunter there. Yeah. And to me, Cyborg is always a Teen Titan. That's, right. That's my experience with him. So, I don't know if you've seen the... Justice League versus Teen Titans movie that they released, but no, not yet. I find too. In that movie with the two teams, they for a time they shifted. Cyborg did a lot of work with the Teen Titans. Yeah, and it worked. He fit much better there than he does with the Justice League. But yeah, it is what it is. I had no problem with the the way he looked. You know, he's kind of a character I can kind of take or leave. But so he's just kind of there, and I personally like liked BVS. I like the Ultimate Edition of BVS a lot better. I have not seen it yet, but yeah, I, 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 I will. You know, or I'll at least look up all the, the clips online. I'm sure they'll end up online eventually. <laughs> uh, it's, it's more than just extended. They kind of, they re-edited it a bit, too. Yeah, okay. So some scenes are later than, than they were originally. I am a sucker for a good director's cut. I just It's going to piss me off at the stuff they didn't have in the movie. <laughs> that's, kind, that's kind of where I'm coming from, because there, yeah. there was a lot of great character stuff in the director's cut. 
Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what I felt was missing, even despite the time. It's like, you know, right. you know they got a, a dream great. sequence by five minutes and throw me some more interaction with somebody, right. yeah. There were great scenes with Lois and Clark, great scenes of Clark being a reporter. That's what I need. I mean, that's that's my biggest fear for the Justice League, man, is that if I, the way I would write the Justice League, and I know it's already written and filming, but I mean, is that I would have two parallel stories. I would have Clark coming alive again somewhere, whatever, you know, probably Fortress of Solitude or Lois or whatever, and you know, maybe even hiding out in the fortress or Smallville for a while. And well, there is to, no fort. There is no fortress, but there are the, yeah. the but there is the scout ship. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I meant. Whatever the the, the kind of <laughs> right, which we don't the, know what happened to at the end. The, of the analog universe. in this universe is, but I mean, I really need to see more Clark Kent and Superman to even care about him coming back at this point. You know, it's just, and I really am going to be pissed if they. If he somehow flies in in the last 10 minutes and saves the whole Justice League after we watch Batman putting it all together for two hours. Right. I'm not going to be happy with that. He's kind of been used that way a lot over the years in comics. Or or he's kind of like, you know, Professor X in the X-Men movies. is like, well, we got to disable him for right. most of the movie because he's too damn powerful. You know, Bruce Timm did that a lot in the Justice League cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've got to somehow find a happy balance or it's he's just going to be a one note hero and he's going to get boring and he's already kind of boring because he hasn't been given anything that to let us get to know him right and yeah so i mean i'm in the camp that they needed they needed a superman movie before bvs yeah totally to get to to know him i could have i think you could have done this justice league without having bvs exist at all or not even having the b in I think you could have had Superman, you could have had Doomsday, you could have had Luther, you could have had Superman dying even. Right. And maybe BVS, you know, Justice League 1 is just takes place from Batman's point of view and he's like, "Holy crap, there's a super alien that just wrecked a city and and wrecked it again and got himself killed and 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 maybe he finds out through whatever that maybe Superman's not really dead, but first he goes and, you know, assembles this task force to potentially fight someone like Superman, and then Superman comes line and they realize he's not a bad guy. I'm just glad they got the Batman and Superman fighting out of their system, so now we can move on. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's it. I, I would have, frankly, would have liked to have seen Snyder take that, you know, five, six years, ten years from now and make a, a really good Dark Knight Returns movie, because that's what he was trying to do, and it would have been a really good Dark Knight Returns movie if they just had stuck to that. I said that in the podcast, but... So, I don't know, it is what it is, and it's, you know, canon as they say, but I, I don't think right. it's... The, I think they're on a, a good step to recovering from it. Um, and I think the Ultimate Cut was a good step toward recovering, and I think kind of the an announcement of it hurt... I think it hurt the box office a little bit. Why, yeah. why go to this theatrical cut if three and a half months later yeah. you're going to get a longer and possibly better version? Yeah, yeah that's certainly I don't think it would help. I mean, it wouldn't help people going back to it. And so they probably should have waited a little longer to do that from a money standpoint. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of insulted by the whole idea, but I, I'll get over it. But, I mean, I'll watch it because I'm just a completist that way. Right. But Yeah, hopeful. Um Say we move on to Wonder Woman because they're real hopeful about that one. Oh, oh yes. Well, <laughs> before we move on to the Wonder Woman movie, is what did you think of what we saw of her in the Justice League? Uh, um, kind of cool that you know she's she didn't do much more than than look exciting and you know that she didn't B versus S except for right. obviously kind of you know got a good with Bruce a little good bit. relationship with Bruce going on. 
One thing I got to wonder, and I'm just putting this out there as as a, a brain fart, and that, what is it about like the superheroes growing beards um, on their off season? I guess Bruce has got this thick beard going on to go talk to Arthur, and and Man of Steel, of course, Clark starts off with you know his big thick lumberjack beard, and yeah, I think it's like a, a Snyder fetish or something. <laughs> I don't know. Also, it's also I, I think part of the modern beard fetish in general. Yeah, sure. You know, everybody's running around with big, uh, yeah, big bushy beards, but Bruce's beard kind of stuck. I was like, why is uh, why is he growing a beard? He can't be gone. He can't be there that long. No, and he, you know, obviously he's always a little. I don't know. Maybe I just expect a little more out of my Batman. He was always, you know, nice and clean shaven. He, you know, cared about his appearance while he was fighting crime. That's right. all I'm saying. It looks like he looked. Looks like the, in the. When we saw him in BVS, he looked like he was the Batman from the uh, from the Arkham games, a little stubbly. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I have the same uh, quibble about the Daredevil show, though. Matt Murdock went out unshaven far too many times. Right. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's why don't we move right along into the Wonder Woman trailer? What, sure. what did you think of that one? Looks really. I'm really excited about it being. I, it, you can make obvious comparisons to. Captain Avenger, uh, Captain Avenger, Captain America, First Avenger, which I think it was smart that they they set it in World War One. Right. And I'm really excited about that because you almost never see anything set in World War One. No, you, you don't. Know? It's almost. I don't want to call it the Forgotten War, but it definitely gets overshadowed by World War Two. Yeah, and there's so much. I mean, it's such a brutal war, and there's so much. You know, it looked like some really great battle imagery in in that. World War One didn't have. Uh, a signature enemy like the Nazis. Right, and that's what I think is, is cool about this, that Diana... And I guess my understanding is that Ares is, is the one that's kind of behind it all. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool if... I mean, she mentions that she was made by Zeus in the trailer, so... Right. <laughs> so they're pretty much going all in on that stuff, which is yeah. great. So I'm guessing they're going back to the... I'm not saying going back, because the comics have moved away from this. They're going back to the... Diana that was made out of clay and brought to life by the gods. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get that exactly, but... Um, well, something like that. In, in yeah. comics now, she's Zeus's daughter, which I'm not, and the god of war, which I'm not exactly a fan of. Yeah, no, I mean, because the Amazons were always kind of their own thing, weren't they? Yeah. So, as close as you can get to the actual Amazon myth, I think, is the way you want to go with Wonder Woman. Right, I, I think so, too, and I think... I don't want to speak for you, because I don't remember what you said during the BVS thing a few months ago, but even for people who disliked the film... She was the highlight. She was, but I mean, she didn't do much. I mean, she looked great in great action scenes, but you didn't get to know anything about her. So, well, she's getting her own movie for that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, but I mean, but it's hard for a character to have an impact just showing up, right? You know, um, yeah, in in a movie I hated, she was definitely a a bright spot of it. Um. (laughs) The way she showed up is is where all the impact came from, right at that moment too. And the iconic shot of her, of her bracelets. Yeah, that was the only the only thing really in the time that I saw it that got a cheer was when she showed up. Yeah, yeah, in our theater too. Um, so yeah, so that tells you something. But yeah, and I wasn't a fan of uh, the casting of her originally. Right. But I, I she sold me. Um, yeah, she did too. You know, I like that she has the range to do both the both the warrior princess stuff and she can, you know, soften up when she needs to for. For, for quiet scenes. She looks like she's got some chops in the trailer, and she yeah. looks like she's got great chemistry with Chris Pine, too. So that's that's obviously going to make things better all the way around. That's probably the only time we're going to see Chris Pine. 
Yeah, I, I was a little surprised by that. That and unless we figure out some kind of immortality thing at the end of it, Steve Trevor's not going to last to the present day. I, I would imagine so. Right, and I would also imagine any future Wonder Woman movies are going to fast forward to the present. Yeah, I would think so. Um, hopefully, they don't just get her, make her dating his great nephew or something. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, you, mean, oh you mean like the Peggy America Carter is? syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> hope they don't go there. Steve Trevor the Fourth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I liked every everything I saw in that. It looked, you know, it had, and I liked at least when it was the first look. That's that's what next June, I believe. Yeah. So it's still a year out, but I liked that they didn't show us a whole lot. We saw some. We saw some good action. Obviously, filming is done because she's shooting the Justice League movie right now. Those are some meaty trailers. I mean, we, we got yeah, well, a lot It of, is for a movie that's coming out in 11 months. That's a pretty yeah. meaty trailer. I so. told you a lot. I mean, it had stuff from Themyscira and, you know, the war and, yeah, you know, good humor. And I lo- love the scene. All of the trailers from Marvel and DC are all looking a lot alike, though. Just the joke at the end. And there's definitely a formula out there that everyone's following, you know. Right. Not sure that's a great idea, but I, I love the joke at the near the end of that one of the you know Trevor introducing her to the secretary. Oh yeah, I, I love that too. It was awesome. That was really awesome. It's Etta Candy. I'm Steve Trevor's secretary. What is a secretary? I go where he tells me to go, and I do what he tells me to do. Yeah, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic, oh, ladies, have you? I do. I like. Yeah, that's pretty much perfect. That's yeah, it is. <laughs> and 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 the way she. Uh, the way she delivers that, and I like hearing uh, Patty Jenkins talk about it because I think she was the right director for 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 this particular film. She did some great stuff. I think it was Game of Thrones that she primarily had a lot of work on, right? And she did some great stuff there, obviously. So, and I like that this trailer really didn't show us anything about who the villain is. We're all speculating that it's Ares, but yeah, we no. don't know. No. We, no, we just, that, was, that was good. We, we just know from one line in BVS that she fought beings from other worlds. And we're assuming she's referring to this. Yeah. I think that the, the Steve Trevor being in that era, part of it is going to go a long way to the pathos of her, uh, her character later on. It's going to be almost kind of a, I bet she learns a Highlander-like lesson about being in love with mortals, you know, type of thing. Right. I wonder if something's going to happen to him because she does walk away from humanity for a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got to think that's it, or she just comes to the realization that he's not going to be around in her old age with her because <laughs> right. she's going to get there a lot sooner. <laughs> and, he, and he certainly is. But, you know, as soon as I got out of BVS, BVS was, was a strange experience when I saw it in the theater. You know, because you know, the thing about BVS is it's hard to with the ending that it has. Yeah, it's hard to come away, even if you love the movie. It's hard to come away from that feeling good. Yeah. Because the main character dies. Or well, one of them, rather. Yeah. You know, but it's like... I guess that's okay if you're building, like, a cinematic universe like they are. But, I mean, that's maybe not the right time. You, you make sure It you wasn't hit the a, right time to kill Superman. No, you make sure you hit a nice, good, feel-good home run with a thing first. Right. And then, and then you get a little meaty. And you get a little, you know, you do some little darker themes and stuff. But... I think Chris said it in, in the BVS, maybe section of the Civil War right. <laughs> discussion, uh, that if you're rebooting a character like Superman, maybe you, maybe you start off with the page Superman, you know, as close as you can get. Right. Maybe you start off with the iconic Superman for a new generation. Then if you want to deconstruct him after that, right. yeah, then, then you, you can, can do that. 
Um, but Zack Snyder kind of started off wanting to deconstruct everything. You know, he kind of got deconstructed in Man of Steel, so, so there was really no reason to deconstruct him any further. No, I know, and, and that's just the thing. I don't think you can successfully deconstruct something you haven't constructed well enough yet. <laughs> I just I don't think he articulates any human feelings all that well no, in his he, works. He's not, very, <laughs> he's not very subtle. No. <laughs> subtle is throwing a brick through a window, so... Yeah, hey, and you don't necessarily need subtle for Superman, but if you're exploring the deep themes, you do. You need right. to know how to convey that. So, said so Justice League could be a lot less subtle. Um, I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping they learned a little bit more about the economy of editing and storytelling. Right. I mean, I don't think we want another. I'll watch a two and a half hour, you know, Justice League movie. I got no problem with that. I, I mean, sat either. through B versus S, but I don't want to. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to be like, this one sucks. It either needs half an hour less or it needs an hour more. Right. And, and the then problem with BVS was it both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could have gone either way. It would have improved either way. Right. And that's a big problem, man. That's a big problem. Yeah, if I you know, had There's the time si- and inclination, I, I could have edited that crap better. Uh, <laughs> you could have taken out the nightmare sequence. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. You don't... You don't dive in head first. Even Marvel didn't dive in head first thinking, we're going to build this massive cinematic universe. They made Iron Man. They put this little stinger at the end. They were right. like, wow, this could happen, guys. Right. You know, And people were like, make it happen. Right. <laughs> you know, And uh, yeah, they did. And But I don't think you can force it like, like this franchise has. But it said it is what it is, and they got to try to make the best of it now. So. Right. It's, it's kind of all in the way this, each studio was handling each... Uh each universe. You're seeing two different models from Marvel to Warner Brothers. Yeah, and that's not saying they can't get back, they can't get to the same place. They just need to have it in very adept hands and, and some very adept writers, and I don't think they've hired them yet. <laughs> well, Warner, what Warner Brothers hasn't done until about a month ago, yeah, or two months ago, is they haven't let the comic book people in the door. Right, right. It's and like, th- duh, that's, you should be the first thing you do, you know, and now and now they're doing that. Yeah, and you're seeing some of the Warner Brothers staunchiness go away a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. There was always a big thing that you couldn't use certain TV couldn't use certain characters because they were in the movies. Yeah. All of a sudden, Jeff Johns comes in, and Supergirl's now allowed to use Superman. Yeah, which I think there's, is great. There's I mean, talk of bringing there. some Batman elements into one of the shows. Yeah. Um, so, you could definitely see that. He is. Well, it's Arrow's been using Batman stuff since it started, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> right, well, now to talk a little some more specific stuff. I yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah. Well, like, like what I was saying about the nightmare sequences, BVS could have exercised that and done the whole thing much more economically and still kept some of those character moments. Sure, I that mean, the yeah. Cut had. Well, I mean, you could have crafted any kind of simple nightmare that Batman had to drive home a point, he could have had one nightmare of Superman being, you know, a fascist despot. Right. You know, and uh, parademons or not, I guess. I don't know why he threw the, you know, oh, not the dark side, whatever, but I mean, I I would have rather just seen, like, just Superman be this mad leader. Right. The problem was, you know, I was there with Stacy, and I looked at her, you have no idea what's going on in this scene, do you? Yeah. And... she, she, she's not the comic book reader that I am, so she had no clue. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of the general audience was lost at that point, and you know, you, once you lose them, you lose them. It's hard to get them back. you, you got to do something like that very 
very well because yeah, you can just take people right out of the flow of it, and that's right. what the, the, my biggest complaint about that movie was the flow, and right. that it just did not, you know, just did not flow. No, it didn't. <laughs> and uh, I mean, comic and Marvel has done it that I think they they somehow know how to appeal to a bigger audience while still being able to sprinkle in the deep Easter eggs very right. well. And sometimes I have complaints about that too. It's like you know, sometimes it feels like they're they're holding their hands through stuff. Well, one of the that things is, is as a comic fan, I should just say, you know, well, we should just know that, and a lot of people don't. But so I don't know how much of it is subjective complaints because you know we don't feel like we need to be pandered to like that. Just make a good movie. <laughs> right. One of the things that gets me about Marvel sometimes is knowing what's coming, and like this happened to me when I was seeing Age of Ultron for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I get to the point knowing Civil War was coming, I'm like, okay, this is where they're setting up that. Yeah. And it kind of takes me out a little bit. If I don't know what's coming, maybe that doesn't take me out of the film. I don't know. Yeah, and that's I think Civil War did a good job of not <laughs> trying to serve like the Infinity War stuff. Right, and uh, it really felt like some po- Age of Ultron was serving yeah, Civil that, War. That had too many masters, definitely, and I, I think that's why you know that's pretty much the one that drove Joss Whedon to be like, I'm done. You, so John Favreau kind of did the same thing. Yeah, but anyway, back to. Uh, Justice League. It seems like they're saying all the right things, you know, making the saying they're making the story simpler and making it smaller. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I, I was not hopeful until I saw this trailer, and I didn't think I would be again. So, yeah, that's I'm good. I'm I'm game right now. All right. So now for the third one, and this is the one that I don't know necessarily that I needed to see any more footage of. Suicide, as far as Su- Squad. Suicide Squad. I'm just ready to see the movie at this point. I, I was after the first trailer. You know, they, they kind of sold me on that. I thought it looked pretty good. And yeah, yeah. now it's almost just overkill. And I don't want to see it anymore because I feel like they've shown me a good chunk of the movie already. Right. And the trailer's been great, man. I mean, they, oh, they're, they're, they're just like the epitome of, of a rocket. You know, using Queen Bohemian Rhapsody, you could put you could put literally a pile of dog crap on the screen for, for three minutes and play Bohemian Rhapsody behind it, and it'd be awesome. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> so good choice there, guys. But, yeah, I don't know. It looks pretty good. I, I don't know much. You know, I, I don't have a, a good history of the Suicide Squad. I'm a little miffed that apparently this movie has, has made them abandon it on Arrow because I thought they did it great on Arrow. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, they yes, even they had a did, Harley, they, Harley Quinn, you know, show you, you up could on t- Arrow. You could kind of <laughs> tell on Arrow when they killed Amanda Waller. And, yeah. And I believe this was before Jeff Johns came on. Yeah. So I think maybe if Jeff Johns were on, he would have spared Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. Because yeah. they killed her, they killed Deadshot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is definitely done to serve to serve the movie coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, shame because it was a totally different animal and they, right. they could have gone on with it, it, it I think. They, they could have just gone away. Yeah. You know, you could have just not featured them for however long or... Now, don't get me wrong, I love Will Smith, but I really like the dead shot from Arrow. And yeah, I thought I he, he would have made a great dead shot on the screen. <laughs> now, did you see any of the... I know you saw the trailer. Did you see any of the Suicide Squad panel? No, no, I didn't watch no, any. I, I watched some of it this morning. One of the things they that uh, David Ayer confirmed mm-hmm. is that this is post-BVS. Okay, cool. So what I really think is interesting is, on one hand, we have Batman forming the Justice League. Yeah, and on this hand we have Amanda Waller assembling villains as a reaction to the death of Superman. Two people are doing 
kind of having the same reaction, but going at it in two completely different ways. Yeah, which I think is a, I think is a good, good jumping off point that they're tying that in like that. I know she even says it in one of the, uh, one of the trailers. <laughs> right. That would make sense. I don't know. I, I, I fear BVS has spoiled me on, on a couple aspects. You know, there, there's the big looming question on, well, if Batman can kill, why didn't he just kill all the, why is he only killing street thugs? You should take out the supervillains. Right. <laughs> but maybe they'll address that. I don't know. One of the things uh, that always seems to me is Batman is not committing outright murder. Right, it's committing like collateral collateral damage for the most right. part. Yeah, um, which I'm okay with. He did through most of the movies, really. Yeah, I like uh, the cast. Looks great, man. Um, I even like Jared Leto's Joker to an extent. It looks like he's got a good characterization of it. I really still hate the freaking look of it. Yeah, I don't. The the look <laughs> is taking me a while. I'm still getting used to the look. And... About all I can't get over still is the damn teeth. I just don't know who thought that was a good idea. I really don't. <laughs> I could do it. I could do it out all the tattoos, too. Yeah, well, especially the one right on his head, but uh, you know, I don't know. I can't uh, imagine. I guess you got to imagine over 20 years, Batman's knocked out his teeth quite a bit. Yeah, that, yeah I've actually seen that as, as a justification, so I guess that makes sense. It, it worries me a little bit that um, Joker is probably 10 years younger than Batman in this, too. Really? Uh, if not more. I don't know. I know. I guess Jared Leto's about thirty-five-ish, probably. Right. So I guess that works. But uh, yeah, and Bats is going to be in this, so hopefully we'll get a little. Looks like we're going to get some Batman versus uh, Joker action, which is never a bad thing. No, and I don't know if we're going to get this, but I'm really hoping we do. I want to see an argument between Waller and Batman. Yeah, that she would is be. the one person in the DC universe that does not take his crap. Yeah, I, I think that would be. I hope they they went there because. Well, isn't there a scene in one of the trailers of her talking to Bruce, or was it? No. I don't think so. I think she's talking to other people in the government. Yeah. I'm at the point with, like I said, I'm at the point with this movie. I, I think am, it would be a missed opportunity if they it didn't would be. have those two meet, because they're going to be moving forward. They're, you know, she's a big part of the DC universe. So. Right. And I like that this is more of the, the old Amanda Waller. This looks more like the classic Amanda Waller that they brought forth originally. Kind yes. of, yeah. The actress sounds like she's playing her tough enough. That's very, sure. very tough, you know. Like the Arrow Amanda Waller seemed very New Fifty Two. Well, yeah, she's he, a twig. I mean, right. she, you know, <laughs> she's like, if that girl eats some steak, that's not Amanda Waller, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but you think can't, about Amanda Waller. You can't have more than one percent body fat on a CW show, so no. it's like, you know, it's and a, and, and it's you can't be older than thirty two. No, right? no, it's a rule. <laughs> I mean, Amanda you know, Waller was always drawn to be a. Uh, 300-pound black woman, and her personality matched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had a 500-pound personality, so I'm really looking forward to seeing her performance. But yeah. As of recording, the movie's two weeks away. This episode will probably drop the same day as Suicide Squad. Yeah. But I'm at the point where, like I said, I'm just ready for this movie to come out. Yeah, I'm definitely there for that one. It's, it looks like a fun ride, at least. you know, They're, they're not afraid to have fun and, and embrace the weird, and, right. and that's stark contrast to what Snyder's done, so I'm, I'm and, all for that. And I'm ready to see somebody other than Snyder yeah, play, yeah. play in the sandbox. Well, that's what I worry. I mean, the heads might explode in, in the WB boardrooms because I have a feeling this is going to be a lot better than PVS. Right. David Ayer is a, is a pretty competent director. In the, yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know a lot about David Ayer's before this, yeah. but I looked up his IMDb. Like, he wrote a lot of stuff that I've seen and liked. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just didn't know his name. Yep. I'm definitely looking forward to his take. Every interview I've seen of him, 
has shown that has shown that he has a a love for this material. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that they're they're doing the magic stuff, man. And I think, geez, you know, one thing oh. I had said for for like one of my dream projects for for what maybe Man of Steel two would have been is that. Or hopefully maybe they'll address it in Justice League a little bit. I would love to see Superman vulnerable to magic in this universe. Right. If you're going to bring magic into this universe, like Diana or whatever, it would have been a great scene having her wrap him up in the friggin' lasso or something and him just being like, what the hell? Why can't I move? You know? And him kind of discovering that these magical forces are, are a weakness for him. So I think it's great that they're doing the Enchantress stuff and then oh, the weirdness in this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling about David Ayer. He's one of those people who looks comfortable with the weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it just gives me that vibe. Well, like End of Watch was a great, great movie. I mean, written by, wrote uh, Fury, uh, Training Day. I mean, just yeah. really solid writer. and. Looks like he's got a pretty good visual style, too. I mean, oh, he directed End of Watch, too, which is a really, really good movie. Yeah. Like I said, I am definitely looking forward to this one. And it, I've always thought that this one, that this movie was more important to the universe than BVS. Warner Brothers has always proven they can make money with Batman and Superman. Yeah. They've always fallen down with the secondary properties. Green Lantern was a wreck, as, yeah. as was Constantine when they tried it. Yeah. So yeah. they need to prove that they can do something with characters other than Batman and Superman. Yeah. I think it's a shame about I don't know if it was just timing or whatever, but I don't know. Green Lantern was not a horrible movie. It wasn't. And I think I think if they'd been brave they would have stood by that and been like, This is part of the universe, like it or not, you know, it's there and then we've introduced the Green Lantern Corps and we can go easier from there, whether it's Hal Jordan or not. You know, you can have Jon Stewart show up and be like, well, hell's off. He got assigned to another sector. Yeah. Just him and, you know, uh, Star Sapphire fighting. And <laughs> right, you know. For whatever reason, Hal's not there and Jon Stewart is the Green Lantern. Yeah, you know, and they sent me to help, you know. Right. But it's like it would have already been out there, but now they have to kind of figure out how to tell the origin story again, which is... You know, I liked Green Lantern for the most part. Like... I don't think they earned a couple things that they did, like in in the mid credit scene. Yeah, they made uh, Sinestro put on a yellow ring. I don't think yeah, it developed I mean, enough I mean, to the point where he was ready to do that. You know, it it kind of reminded me of the fa- of the second Fantastic Four movie. If mm-hmm. nobody bought the Galactus Death Cloud, why did they think anybody would buy the Parallax Death Cloud? Yeah, again, it was like too early for that particular. You should have done a more. I mean, they maybe should start have even small just, and then blow it out. They maybe should have just stuck with like Hector Hammond and made him a little more powerful and made his power come from somewhere else. Right. I mean, because I think they, I really felt cheated by. You know, they should have been like more of of Hal Jordan's training and not just like one hour with Kilowog and he's like, I can't do this. Right. You know, and uh, <laughs> and that be it. And then we're supposed to believe he's a competent Green Lantern. Right. And no, so they should have. It should have been a lot of it off Earth and, and just him exploring and, and getting his dream of going to space and being the ultimate pilot and, you know, and built the character. And I think, you know, and they just try to jump into superhero movie mold a little too quickly and a little too easily. And right. so we need a big batter for the ending. And, you know, yeah, they let's go with that giant cloud thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they should have. 
<laughs> they should have tried to, they should have owned it and, you know, woven it into the to the universe and kind of gone from there. I'm thinking for Justice League, I guess it's rumored that probably be one maybe shows up at the end, yeah. you know, and announces their presence and be like, hey, couldn't help but notice you guys just kicked uh, Steppenwolf's ass. His boss is on the way. Just thought you guys would like to know. Right. <laughs> and things are going to get a little hotter around here. Yeah. So, so we're here to help. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do now because originally they were saying part one and part two. Yeah, they've rolled that back a little. And I they've, think they're being cautious, which is smart of them. Right. You know, tell uh, all these movies, you know, need to be, need to stand alone. Yeah. But need, that, that being said, can you go from, you know. Is Steppenwolf going to carry it? Or are they, are they going to have to slip in? Maybe we may see Darkseid in this one, too. They may be shifting gears a little bit. but Right. And it could be this kind of thing where, you know, almost like what we saw in the Marvel movies, where eventually Thanos says, I'll do it myself. Yeah. But yeah. he hasn't done it yet. So maybe that, some time, it'll take some time. And See, I guess if DC wanted to rush things and, and really kind of one-up Marvel, they would, they would have Darkseid in the first one. Because then they could say that we had, because Thanos is a ripoff of Darkseid, right. basically. And so, I mean, they could say, it's like, hey, we, we had the big space cosmic guy before you guys, and we got him on screen first, too. Yeah, but the problem with that would be, once you do Darkseid, where do you go? Yeah, well, same thing with Thanos. I mean, we, you yeah, know. Well, that's, we, we know blessed little of what Marvel's going to do after the Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, well, where do you even go? That's why I wasn't even a fan of Zod being the big bad in the first one. I mean, it was just like kind of. Because the only way you can go up from there is Doomsday, and then the only way you can go up from there is like you know Darkseid, and then I guess you feed Brainiac in there. Yeah, I want Brainiac. I've been dying yeah, for Brainiac. Yeah, yeah, I mean Brainiac could have worked the Man of Steel also. Yeah, um, yeah, that that would have been perfect. It would be like a rogue Kryptonian AI or something, you know. Brainiac can work for a Justice League movie too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I really kind of question. I'm a little worried about the whole them choosing to do Steppenwolf and. I think you introduced Steppenwolf from the world of Apocalypse all in one fell swoop, kind of, and maybe you should have had Brainiac for this first one. Well, I think they're going to introduce that fourth world stuff in this movie, in Justice League. They're going to have to. I mean, they got to explain, like, Cyborg's existence a little bit. I know he's supposed yeah, to get his own movie. Yeah, because boxes in the mo- in BVS. So yeah. Maybe they need two movies for that. Yeah. You know... But they're being—they're already calling this like this will be the most expensive movie ever made, and just kind of like, ooh, guys, maybe you should <laughs> make a smaller story for this one. Are—are are, are they calling it that? I read somewhere. Or did somebody? Or did somebody? No, well, one of the actors just kind of said that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's true or not. I think one of the actors said, "Well, I'm on the set of the biggest movie ever made, or something like that." And maybe. Yeah. I—I I don't remember where I read it, but. But yeah. I did read the same thing. Because I mean, it's going to have to be. It probably at least as costly as B versus S, so hopefully they'll they'll make it back a little better this time. Hopefully, I don't have anything else to say on movies, do you? No, no. I see. We move on to. All right. Well, I'm gonna before we do that, I'm gonna take a quick break, play another promo. All right. Then we're gonna come back. As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. 
In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. Two, two, three. All right, welcome back, folks. And after taking a look at the movies, we're going to take a look at the DC TV stuff that appeared at Comic-Con over the weekend. Uh, yeah. First thing I want to talk about is The Flash. Mm. Uh, as most of you may not know, as I don't talk about it a ton on this show, I have been watching and enjoying The Flash TV show for the past two seasons. And spoiler alert, at the end of season two, featured Barry going back in time and saving his mother and and they've confirmed and shown in a recent trailer that they're going with Flash? elements of the Flashpoint storyline from the comics. So, what do you think of that? Other than I've, what I've seen in like the DC animated, I'm not that familiar with the comic versions of it. But I mean, this show has just been unapologetically silver and bronze age and copper age weirdness. DC, you know, Flash goodness. So I mean, there's nothing not to love about it. So, uh, yeah, I'm on the ride wherever they want to take. I'm still kind of in awe that they've, they've had the stones to, to do storylines like this. And they've jumped into the whole time travel thing and all that so quickly and, and effortlessly. You know, it's, it's just part of the canon and part of the, the world they live in now. Okay. It's opened up so many possibilities. For, and it's even going to bleed over into Arrow, apparently. So, yeah, man, I, I'm just I'm generally a big fan of the DC TV universe. Right, yeah. I am too, you know, and this... The trailer looks like they're going to spin Barry as kind of, well, he is kind of, he's like, oh man, you went back and messed with time again, you idiot. Right. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I love that even though... And man, he, Kid Flash looks awesome while he looks he, awesome. He does, he does. <laughs> I, see, I don't know, I don't know what, the, what the context of seeing him in that outfit is. If he, is he in the Flashpoint universe, or is that after eventually things are going to be set right? Yeah, I don't, who knows? But. Where where exactly does that appear? So. The way I read it is that it when he saved his mom, basically, it looks like he didn't become the Flash, possibly. And well, that's what that's what happened in in Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Um, I would think to continue the series as the Flash, they'll eventually have to correct that. But right. <laughs> so it looks like yeah, maybe Wally West got got the power from the get go or something. Who knows? Because obviously, in, in Flashpoint, he went to Batman. Yeah. But I'm guessing if they're going to do a similar plotline where he has to go to a scientist, we're going to get another version of Harrison Wells. Right. Yeah, something so like that. Yeah. He can play that role very easily. Yeah. And, and what did you think of Cisco as a yeah, big as kind CEO. of a stuffy millionaire? Yeah. I said I'm down. I, I love the, the character of Cisco. Hopefully they won't make me hate him. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I am a little wary. As I said, I... I really love the characters that we've gotten to know these last two seasons and i hope they don't permanently undo everything you know it's like oh man cisco we don't know you anymore man you know no more star wars references no more naming villains i can't live with that i don't want to live in that world <laughs> and not neither do i one of the theories that i've been kicking around is 
if you you I'm sure you remember season one, the version of the Flash that told Barry not to save his mother. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the Flash that lived through this. Probably, yeah. And went back in time to correct the correct the mistake. Yeah. I figure been... they can't really do this for more than five, maybe six episodes. Yeah. I uh, can't see this being the whole season. Who knows? I said it, it's, you know, opened it up to a lot of weirdness. So, I mean, they, they could play in that sandbox for a while. I'd, I'd be okay with it. Um, as I said, as long as we get back to the characters I love, right? I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> and, and with Change shared, scares me, guys. Change well, scares me. It does, it, and it should. <laughs> yes. Especially when something's been working for, for two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be. That's my biggest worry is that, I mean, I think the show, that and Arrow, has attracted a, a pretty big crowd that even beyond comic book fans. Yes. Um, and so I'd love to see them be able to keep that because obviously more people, more ratings, more seasons. Right. Um, so, yeah, they, they do run the risk of getting, like, way too weird and, and turning some people off like that. I've even, you know, some episodes of The Flash I've sat through and been kind of like, what happened? And I just right. don't remember them all that well. It's because there's sometimes too much stuff going on. Right. So they got to strike a balance. Like and any- while the show is overall very good, there are some episodes that have been, like any show, yeah. there are some episodes that are that are forgettable, that aren't well, as good I, as I, the I'm confident all the actors seem to, uh, the chemistry between a lot of the actors wasn't working for me, like first half of the first season. Right. And that's just to be expected. The you right. know actors grow into their parts, and I think they've all done. And they grow as a cast. Yeah, I think my least favorite thing was the the wally iris or not wally but barry iris stuff you know in the beginning and the awkwardness with eddie and the boyfriend and you know all that weird stuff and i actually really am shipping you know barry and iris now i really buy their chemistry now the two actors have definitely gotten to know each other and it shows you know and in season two i was getting a little tired of bitter uh, and angry wally after half a season yeah, yeah it was definitely time to turn him toward toward where he's eventually going to go. I really, I just don't know what they're going to name him. I mean, he's not that much younger than Barry that they're going to call Yeah, I, I can't see Kid Flash being, you no. know. <laughs> but this show has done Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Now, I like that they're bringing back the, I don't want to say the original Thawne, but as we saw Harrison Wells in that role first. Yeah. But the original form of Thawne, I guess, yeah. how he really is. As opposed to when he's in disguise, so I thought that was a clever way to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, all bets are off. I, I'm very excited to see what they they roll out for us. Um, and will it affect the other shows? I've seen stories that say it's going to somehow affect. I have a feeling it'll like get Black Canary back on Arrow, possibly. I hope so. Um, I was not very happy with them. I was not, and that's it was kind of like another example of a character that started out real clunky, but I really got to like her. Right. You know, over the years, and, and I thought she really grew into the part, and then gone. And I still am like Ollie and Dinah, you know, or whatever Laurel right. loyalist. So <laughs> yeah, I I like them better when they are together than separately. Yeah, yeah. Not, I, that, not I, that the two. I lost a lot of respect for Felicity this last season too. So. <laughs> I have been over Felicity for a while. Yeah, <laughs> she's kind of a. I was kind of hoping Felicity was in the grave. I'll admit to my mind going there. It would have been kind of a logical choice to move him back to Laurel, but I was like, person. yeah, you know, she she can get stale, and she was in season four. Yeah. So what did you? We'll move on to Arrow then. So what did you? Because Arrow is kind of I don't know. Arrow's in a weird place. 
Now, it's kind of... Arrow is the show that I believe is showing how stretched thin this production crew is. Yeah. Because I believe that a lot of the... A lot of the people who started Arrow are now on the Flash and Super. Yeah, and I, I'm betting and a I lot of the, the show the money is getting funneled over there too because right. they're slipping in the ratings compared to Flash. Although I, I still have never had a complaint about the Arrow fight scenes. Oh no, the Arrow fight yeah. scenes are great, but yeah. it just seems like the quality of storytelling has dipped in Arrow over the past two seasons. But again, it's they've made some bold choices, and it always hasn't always worked for them. I'm excited to see we're going to get to the you know if we still have to put up with the flashbacks five years later. I think um, we have one more year of flashbacks. Yeah, we're going to get to see why he's a Bratva in the Russian mob. Right, so, and why, so. that, why that Russian owes, owes him so much. Yeah, if, so that's... If I'm anybody even remembers that. that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I'm a sucker for good Russian mob stories, right. so... <laughs> if anyone remembers that season one episode where... Yeah, he just the shows a tattoo and I'm like, him. I'm Bratva, and yeah... <laughs> like, okay, well, this means something. Hopefully it'll fill us in eventually. Yeah, well, we've seen in the trailer they're going to go with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm all for that. Better than whatever the hell the mystical crap they were doing on the island was going on this last season. I was. <laughs> all that stuff just seemed... Yeah. Don't give me a love scene Constantine show up for an episode, but um, that was about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all we saw. I wish we'd seen some more. I don't know if the actor's busy or I don't know what else uh, he's doing at the moment, but... I'd have loved to have seen more, more, more Constantine. There have been some rumors out there that CW might pick it up. I mean, I'd love to see it because I, I thought that was a really great, great character. I don't really know the comics all that well, but I just thought he, he was a great character. He seemed to be enjoying the part. I really don't care for in either company. Really, a lot of the uh, mystical stuff. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of lukewarm toward Doctor Strange, even though I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. But I like, I like the character of Constantine. Yeah. No, that's my jam, man. I've just been reading, rereading uh, Sandman, right? And I just, I just forgot how brilliant that was, and how it brilliantly tied into the bunch of the uh, the DC universe. They they could actually have Morpheus show up as a peripheral character in any of these shows, and he right. could fit. <laughs> well, that's the interesting interesting thing about Flashpoint on the Flash, because now that Supergirl has joined the CW stable, th- yeah, this company loves doing crossovers too much. Yeah. To leave her in her own universe. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll and see a lot more of her, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know if you know what Flashpoint did in the comments, other than usher in the new 52. It also I, integrated the Wildstorm universes. Oh, that's and right. The, and the old DC Vertigo universe. Okay, yeah. So they could easily use Flashpoint to merge Supergirl into the existing Legends of Flowerverse or whatever. People yeah. Know. And didn't the new uh, reboot just bring in the Watchmen universe, too? Or something of that effect? Kind of. The, yeah. So little traces, but that really hasn't been explored further yet. Yeah. Yet that I've seen. It's just kind of sitting there. I think it's good that Arrow's... It looks like they're getting away from the mystical stuff because the whole Damien Dark thing. Oh, yeah, it was some fun stuff, but I just don't think it really worked for the character. It, it didn't. It they didn't. didn't really build... You know, the stuff back on the island didn't really make me believe that Oliver Queen could take on this guy, no. <laughs> even with Constantine's tattoos help. No. So yeah, they they kind of. I thought it was bold that they were going in that direction, but I, I don't. In hindsight, I don't think it was a necessarily great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think they felt the need with the success of the Flash to add more the comic weirdness. book superpowered yeah. elements to Arrow, and I don't. 
I don't think it worked. I really don't. Well, think I guess in that respect, with you know, they're just touching on the League of Shadows, which is borderline mystical. That they they kind of had to go magic instead of a lot of metahumans. That makes sense to right. me. A for effort, kind of C for execution. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arrow's been one of those shows that's been kind of teetering a little bit as compared to some of the others. I hopefully I don't know what they're going to do beyond season five. At least they're going to run out of flashback after season five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how much that. how much legs Arrow has left. Yeah, yeah, me too. What's the magic syndication number? Six or seven years, is it? So I'm betting they're going to try to breach that at least. Maybe it's five. I think it's like 66 episodes or something. I don't know if that, like that even applies anymore, but there used to be yeah. like a magic well, really number of seasons before you could go into major syndication. Yeah, it was something like that. It's five seasons or six. Yeah. But, but now with Netflix... Yeah. A good thing about, just to throw some news out there, Netflix is going to be... I guess bringing stuff like Arrow and, and Flash to their service, like, very, like, right after a season ends, it's going to be, like, up a day after on, on Netflix. Yeah, that that's good for Netflix. Probably good for CW also. Yeah. But And it's good for the cable companies. It's not good for cord cutters. Because no, no, but, I mean, it, it keeps people, you know, gives people a, the, the opportunity to find it and binge watch it, you know, right. before the next season comes out. So right. One of the Smart. complaints I've heard is that people who don't have the CW for whatever reason yeah. have no way to watch it until the season's over. Yeah. Because yeah, the Hulu yeah. deal is going to expire. So. Yeah, oh, that's right. Well, there are ways, but it's, I, I there are, there ask are ways. them on your podcast. So. And, I do be- <laughs> and I do believe that CW has an app. That yeah. you can watch episodes on, but yeah, I mean, everyone's got there are there are there are legal ways to do it. Yeah, cool. So, so that's Arrow. It's interesting to see where they go. It looks like he's assembling a team again. Yeah, and some of the old it looks like maybe Speedy's going to go bye bye and uh, not dead bye bye, but just leave maybe. And yeah, I don't. know, It was weird at the end of the last season. It was like that. I felt like is this yet? It's like they were firing everybody because <laughs> it's like everyone was leaving at the end of the season. It seemed right. And it looks like they might be getting, like, Diggle back and stuff, but it was almost like, oh, crap, are they really cutting back the cast or something that much? That <laughs> they, they can. I don't want to watch a show without Diggle. No, I mean, it's just going to be Ollie in a cave now or something? It's like, no, that, that ain't going to work. I'm interested to see Ollie as mayor. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, because Ollie has a, in the comics, he has a, a very political history of being a very liberal character. Yeah, and they haven't really nailed him down politically in this, which I think is smart, but right. yeah, you got to think that with him being mayor, we're going to have to learn a little bit more about that. Right, about, about his politics. <coughs> that covers Arrow, which I don't look forward to Arrow as much as I do some of the others. I'm, you- I'm loyal to them all. I'm not going to quit them any, you know, until they're done at this point. No, so. no, me, me neither. When I start one of these shows, I make a commitment. Yeah. That's why I haven't started wa- start watching some other shows, because I don't have enough time in the... Uh, yeah. Time in the day to watch them all. Um, so, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, yes. What do you think of the first season of that show? Uh, man, I don't know. Hit, hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's great that they're going all in on a concept like that. It's a little ambitious. Some of the you can see the the, the special effects budget strain sometimes. Right. <laughs> sometimes you're watching it's just like, oh, maybe you just shouldn't have even attempted that. And sometimes it's very glaring. It's like sometimes. It almost seems like, you know, they're writing in an excuse for Firestorm not to happen. Oh, yeah, uh, they've done that it, quite it, a bit. It feels a little blatant sometimes. 
I don't know, man. I liked Ray Palmer a lot more when he was on other shows. Right. Not a huge fan of the Hawk Twins, which, thank goodness, they're gone. Right. I love the fact that they had the balls to bring Hawkman and Hawkgirl in, but I'll keep watching because the, right. they're doing some crazy stuff. And, and again, it like opens up, you know, we had what, what was Our Man that showed up at the end of yeah. last season? And like, I am from the Justice Society. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. Right. Maybe it's just because he's played by Rory, but I just feel like too much of a, I feel like I'm betraying Doctor Who by watching it sometimes. Right. <laughs> you, you know, the show is very reminiscent of Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I remember one episode, I think I think it was Rip who said, ah, we're, we're careening through time and we don't know where we're going. Oh, what <laughs> show have I seen that on before? Yeah, I know. Yeah, they kind of hit you over the head with it every now and then, too. And just right. like, ew, guys, maybe you shouldn't even acknowledge that, you know? So you said bad enough you you cast Rory as the yeah, lead yeah. here. It's, it's Doctor Who with superheroes. <laughs> yeah, which but, is a great concept. Right. But, um, you know, the funny thing about that show was like their main plot of Vandal Savage. You know, I didn't care. Uh, yeah, I really didn't either. Uh, I just want to see them wing through the history of the DC universe. Yeah, me too. I, I you don't need a big bad for that. And it, it looks like they're moving that way. That it's not necessarily right. one big bad. It's going to be them rushing around. Fixing timey stuff, you know, right. which which works for me. That uh, that works for me too. You know, I want to see all those eras of the uh, of the DC universe. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah, yeah. And I, I thought the guy that played Savage and everything did a great job. Yeah, he did it. fine, but it just, I just yeah, I, I in that story didn't know me either. Yeah, it just didn't seem. You know, you could have handled that story in six episodes and moved on. Yeah, and when we found out, it you know basically all boiled down to just Rory wanting to. I keep calling him Rory Rip, <laughs> wanting to save his family, you know, and kind of a selfish motive behind it. Then it, it just kind of took some of the steam out of it too. Right. So it's like, yes, yeah, so I was. It was very hit or miss, and uh, you know. and they killed off like Captain Cold was one of my favorite characters on there. So I'm a little miffed about that. Timey wimey, and right after that episode aired, they announced that what's his name, Wentworth Miller signed a big contract to stay with CW TV shows. Oh really? Oh yeah. okay. So the character is not going anywhere. Oh, that's good. I did not know that. But, yeah, that's cool. Because well, I also read that he went back and he got signed for like a more prison break. So I thought that's why he left originally, or maybe that is why he left and that didn't work out. And he's like, I could use my cold gun back, please. So yeah, I'm, I'm still in definitely. I just wish, man, I just wish it was written a little better. And the, yeah, I said the whole Ray Palmer and Hawk Girl thing was just an epic disaster in my opinion. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it was just really bad. <laughs> my, I don't even want to call this a complaint about that show, but I don't think Brandon Routh played a better Superman than when he played Ray Palmer sometimes. Like, there, uh, was, there was one speech where where he, he gave this one speech about why, about why they fight or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, sitting there, there's Superman. Yeah. Why didn't you write that, Brian Singer? No, I, I've really loved his, his portrayal of, of Ray, you know, when we met him in arrow i thought he nailed it and i thought he was a great character and then he just really just kind of fought fell apart in this show well it's one of those things you know you know you see this a lot in tv where we got to give they, props though the legends of tomorrow tomorrow got giant man on screen uh, before they did, did. <laughs> a week before Cap, a week yeah. before marvel did yeah that was actually great it was a great scene it didn't look as good as giant man but uh, no no but yeah, man said hats off for for the effort <laughs> Well, like I was saying, is what they do is, you know, you've seen it on TV with spinoffs, when they take a secondary character and kind of put it in the limelight. It just doesn't seem, sometimes it doesn't hold up as well. 
Yeah. And that's what Legends of Tomorrow did. It took all of Arrows and Flash's B characters. Yeah, and they didn't. As I said, I think the I think Captain Cold and uh, his partner there, Heat Wave, I guess yeah. would be two of the best characters out there. I I could. Oh yeah. I could live without the White Canary. I could live without Gray Palmer. I could live without the Hawk people. I like the fire. St- I like the the chemistry between Firestorm and you know uh, Doctor Stein and his name escapes me. Oh, uh, Jax. Yeah, Jax. That's it. Yeah, I like them a lot. So you know, I'm about fifty percent on this show. Yeah, you know, I, 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 they have pieces that'll keep me coming back for it. But and I'm kind of glad Cold and Heatwave are gone because you know what? They belong on the Flash. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean it's classic Rogues Gallery. So right. yeah. <laughs> If the Flash has Captain Cold and Heatwave off the table, then... No, it looks like uh, Heatwave was back with him, though, in, in the trailer, the Legends trailer. Heatwave was back was back on Legends? Yeah, it looked like it. Unless they were just showing, like, scenes from season one, but... I don't know, I'll have to look, I'll have to look again. Yeah. But, you know, this, this was the show I was always like, hmm, do, do I want to watch it this week? Yeah. That was always... And, you know, it's the first season, so they're still finding their way a little bit, but... If it's more of a kind of going through the DC universe and uh, winging through its history and cashing up the holes, that that could be a lot more fun. That's their biggest strength. It's 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 literally designed to be the Easter egg show. You right. know, it's like how many different corners can we go? To? And it, you know, there was a, I thought the Jonah Hex episode was great. That was oh, awesome it was. To it see was. That. Um, they've had some really great moments, and it's and it's usually when they're doing that. It's usually when we're seeing some obscure little corner of the DC universe. Right. And they just need to feed us more of that. I mean, they, they've already demonstrated on both Arrow and Flash that they have a ton of characters they can access, despite what the movies have tried to restrain, restrain them. That, that looks like it's loosening up. So It does, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it is. We've, we've already seen Supergirl getting Superman. Yeah, you know, even, yeah. And, so, and some show is getting Batwoman, apparently. Yeah, nice. Okay. I don't remember which one, but I read that somewhere. Huh, I gotta think. Probably Arrow, maybe. I, don't know. I do like that they're opening up the universe because even if you don't see the, the Batmans and the Supermans on the TV universe, I like knowing that they're there. Yeah, me too. But I mean, I said as long as I'm almost tired of Batman and Superman, right. I, I want to see these other characters. Right. You know, it's like we've had plenty of we've had decades of Batman and Superman. You're right. And like <laughs> I, said, I don't need to, I don't need to see them on the show. <clears throat> But I like knowing that they're in the universe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just acknowledge them. seems incomplete without them. Yeah, that's all you have to do, you know. You don't even have to get smart about it and be like, oh, I wish we could call Batman this week, but he's no, not doing you, this you thing. don't have to. No, you just, you know, we're in a different city. We'll take care of it here. Right, exactly. <laughs> you don't need to, you know, kind of have mixed emotions about Supergirl bringing Superman on as a character. I got to catch up on that because me and Hero will, will cover it eventually. I, I watched the first episode and really loved it and, like, right. I literally got like tears when she did the the Chris Reeve rip open the shirt thing. Yeah, you know it was like oh, you know, <laughs> like that's it's been so long, <laughs> and uh, it, it, and I it, then I started learning about some of the crazy they were doing like Matt, Martian Manhunter and everything. I'm like yeah. yeah, I gotta just haven't gotten around to it, but I definitely want to get caught up on it. And Very silver, get to see Bob Fisher gushing about it on Facebook every day. So. Well, it's it's very Silver Age, which is right up yeah. the wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, mine too, because that, that's primarily my my main exposure to, to anything like Superman and a lot of DC is I used to get these, I used to buy a random DC comic or get one from the, the library or my cousin handed me down a crap load of them, but I never went out and specifically went and, 
except for like Man of Steel in the eighties. Right. I never was a real big buyer of DC stuff, but I, as a kid, I got all the like, you know, the big Batman hardcover book from the thirties to the seventies, right. and the the Superman version of that too. So I was like, you know, I, I my experience is steeped in deep, you know, DC history. Right. <laughs> so I don't know anything like past nineteen eighty seven, but you know, other than the Justice League TV shows. Right. So. Um, yeah, that's always going to be my ideal version of the, of the characters. Yeah, Supergirl draws from that heavily. We didn't see anything from Supergirl at Comic Con, but they, apparently they haven't started production yet. Yeah, they they're they're it, shifting gears and moving offices, and I'm yeah. just glad it, I, it. It it's almost a shame. It's like it's almost like well, you should have just been at the CW in the first place. It was. It was a CW <laughs> yeah. show from the from the get go. I was just glad they were smart enough to pick it up because it was, you know, obviously a lot of people loved it. And I just, I kind of knew it was destined to die on network. Well, really... It wasn't so much a matter of CW picking it up as it was a CBS allowing it to go. Yeah, yeah. Which now, is... But it, you know, it never, it never fit there. You know, people, you know, people were quick to anoint that it failed on CBS. Well, yeah, open deal. Really, that <laughs> was never the right place for it. Right. You know, because you know what? On CBS, it's still got twice as many viewers as The Flash. Yeah. But if CBS can get twice as many people than that with a sitcom, that's where they're going to go. Yeah. So. You know, and, you know, we're probably going to see the, the special effects budget suffer a little bit. But the people on CW demonstrate, especially through Flash, that they, they know how to stretch the dollar. I can't believe some of the stuff they get away with on Flash. I mean, that looks pretty good. I mean, Grodd and... Shark guy and like yeah, it's, hell. It's looked good. It looked good for TV. Yeah, yeah. It's just nothing, you know. And they have to use it sparingly. You, you can't keep the CGI characters on screen for too long, or you get right. in trouble. Which <laughs> but, is why we see the Martian Manhunter looking like David Hayward for most of the time. Right, right. Understandable. They That's, just can't suit him up. Yeah. In that outfit all the time. It's gonna be interesting to see them how they handle that and bring that into the universe because this. This this production company loves doing crossovers. Yeah, and uh, the Legends trailer concerned me because that seemed to have some really big set pieces in it, you know, spaceship combat and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, you guys are tempting fate there. This is you know, this is what happens to almost every ambitious science fiction TV show. Right, it they, just, they get it a little too big for their britches. Yeah, it yeah. can't survive, and uh, yeah. it doesn't have enough money to do what it wants yeah it just it, it just puts the pressure to to get the ratings on them higher you know and that's never a good thing and right, both and the cheaper. cw ratings can only go so high yeah and the cheaper you keep something the less the head office cares about that kind of thing so i don't know how much how much legs that concept has yeah I, well i said I, I think it has more legs if it doesn't have a big bad and they just like said they kind of literally become doctor who and and bop around and fix stuff. <laughs> it, you know, lasted long enough for Doctor Who, anyway. Mm, it worked for him. Yeah. 50 plus years now, I think. Yeah. So. I don't really have anything else, do you? No, um, just that, man, great great weekend to, to be a nerd. It sure uh, was. You know, bounty of good stuff from Comic-Con this year. Yeah, there uh, was. I think they've even just, they've pretty much stopped trying to you know, hold the trailers and stuff for any significant amount of time because somebody always puts up a shaky cam version. Yeah, there's no point. No, I mean, they, they're just like, they just feed us everything now, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, you know, sitting here in my air-conditioned apartment and not being trampled by the masses, and right. I still get to see all the same stuff. Exactly, and <laughs> I can hazard a guess that Comic-Cons are going to be like this 
going forward with, with between the, the two comp, the big two putting out their movies two mm-hmm. or three a year. There'll be plenty of panels to have. The DC pretty much did something for three of their movies. Yeah, and all their TV shows. Marvel did. I didn't really look to see the Marvel stuff, but Marvel did probably more. They they had stuff on Spider Man. Yeah, they had a nice silver reel on that we haven't seen yet. Anything, any, anything from Thor? Uh, yeah, I think there was some footage. There was there like even a scene of him rushing at Hulk, you know, and Gladiator stuff. So go check that out. So. Yeah, well, no, it's not online. I've I've read people talking about it, but it hasn't made it online yet. Uh, so between, just between the big two alone, and uh, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a huge story about that, but I, I won't spoil it if you don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look that up soon. But but yeah. just between the big two. There's a lot of exciting news to come out of future Comic Cons. Yeah, I mean, it almost seems bigger than previous years. Just they've they put a lot of stuff out there. I'm surprised we didn't like see you know like a Black Panther um, trailer even, but maybe they haven't got that far yet. Marvel's big thing was the casting announcement of uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that too. Yeah. Which everybody which everybody heard about before that anyway. Yeah. We're all speculating this so. so Scott, thank you for coming on. Oh, I appreciate you having me, man. I've been you've seen my Facebook post. I've been twitching to talk about this all weekend. I know. So. That's why I figured that's why I figured I'd grab you. Initially, initially I was gonna I was gonna tack this on to my Ultimate Edition show, but you know what? It had I decided it had to be its own. Yeah, why not? Everyone everyone on the network, or at least my network, does these little little things and I used to kind of organize them myself, but it seems like everyone's off doing their own thing lately, so it, just happy to be on someone else's show and not have to cut for a while for a change. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't, you, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? I'm on 2TrueFreaks.com primarily. No counsels for old men and the odd. Got a whole crap load of reviews. Any round table you find on there, I've probably produced or at least wrangled. And we're going to be doing weekly heroics. I've also got... We've been doing a weekly recap of Fear the Walking Dead um, when that comes back on in August. And yeah, um, trying to stay busy. And you can find me hanging out in the Man of Screen Podcast Facebook group. You can find that by searching for the Man of Screen Podcast. I'm also, I also hang around in the Two True Freaks uh, Facebook groups now. You can email the show, manofscreen at gmail.com. The show has a Twitter feed. You can find that at Man of Screencast. And next time on Man of Screen Extra, I am going to be discussing. Suicide Squad, which is, which was released in theaters today. So, for Scott McGregor, this is Mike Zumo. Thank, thanks for coming on, folks. Have thanks, a good one. Bye. The Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Zumo, and all opinions on the show are those of Mike Zumo all music and sound clips used in the making of the show are for three purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All trademarks are copyrighted by original copyright holders. The Man of Screen Podcast is a member of the Superman Podcast Network. It can be found at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. The homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com, and you can email the show at manofscreen at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.